0: Staying true to America's national destiny. The voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Amen, amen. And by the way, here's another one. And please hear this well. This whole LGBTQ movement is after your children, they are after your children. And you still have pastors too cowardly to call it out. Because look, what do you think Drag Queen Story Hour is about? That's not about making children. How are you going to make a a, a kindergartner sensitive to, to 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 the LGBTQ No, you're recruiting them, and and, and in my view, probably abusing them, because you got some drag queen, so-called, uh, uh, you know, touching children and feeling all over children and having wrestling with children, and you got stupid enough to put their children in that mess and let this pervert have his hands all over their children and get applauded for it why do you why do you think look and there have been articles written about this I've seen them in Salon magazine I've seen them in a couple places where well you know not all pedophiles are bad because they have something they call the non-contact pedophile in other words, these are pedophiles who they, they do, they are sexually attracted to children, but they don't necessarily touch them. And they're okay. That's just a different sexual orientation. And you got pastors too cowardly to call that out? Because, you know, you the LGBTQ movement will get mad if you associate them with pedophilia. Well, look, but let me ask you, logically, if they argue that a, a prepubescent child, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, can decide what gender he or she is, how big a step is it to say they can decide whether they want to have sex with an adult? I mean, what's the difference? If they can decide their gender and they're not even mature enough to know anything about life, Well, to me, it's not uh, not a big leap to say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't deprive them of the right, because you know what they say to parents who try to get in the way of that, they say to the parents, you are abusing your child. You won't inject your child with hormones? We need to take your child away, because that child needs the hormones to prepare the child for the genital mutilation that has to be done, to let the child be what he's supposed to be. The curriculum is telling young children, preschool children, saints, I'm not making it up. You check it out for yourself. But they're telling prepu- prepubescent, sometimes preschool children, you could be your grandson, your son, your granddaughter, your daughter. You could be a boy in a girl's body. Which means you ha- you might have the boy of a brain, even though you have the body of a girl. Uh, the brain of a boy, I should say. You have the brain of a boy, even though you may have the body of a girl. And we need to we need to change that so that you can match up your brain with the body that you have. And and, and these parents who want to run their children up in these public schools and not realize what's going on, Christian parents, better get a revelation. For the Virginia Department of Education guidelines for our public schools says the following, and this is a quote from the present guidelines of the Virginia public schools, which means this applies to all public schools, all government schools in Virginia. Quote, regardless of the circumstances, the school should support the student's need for privacy and not disclose a student's gender identity to other students or parents. That is the policy of the State Department of Education. The policy is you as a parent have no right to know what the school is doing with your child. I mean, you just might as well turn them over. I mean, can you imagine that? First of all, you, you put them in a preschool where they're telling them, Well, now now now, Jane, you might be you might be a boy. You might have a boy's brain with a girl's body, in which case we just have to change your body to match your brain. And they plied Jane with that for the next two or three years. And then one day after all that indoctrination, Jane says, oh, you know, comes home and says, oh, 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 you know, or or maybe doesn't come home. Goes to the teacher, says, you know, I've decided I am a boy. And the teacher says, well, don't worry. We won't tell your parents. That's just between us. Folks, this is child abuse. And yet it passes for some sort of enlightened treatment of children. Cowards who won't say anything about any of this stuff and then want to point the finger at me like I'm the bad guy for bringing any of it up. And and you know what? People who go along with this stuff, they're either cowards or they're just selfish, meaning that they don't want to do anything that gets in their way. I don't have time to homeschool my children. I don't have have the money to send my children to Christian school. I just got to do the best I can. If you're a Christian, where's your faith? And if you're a Christian, get off yourself and make a sacrifice for your children. And keep them out of the clutches of that mess. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But thank God for those parents in Loudoun County. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God for them who went to the school board and say, you will not teach our children this critical race mess. We're not having it. I heard one commentator when the woman said, and, and you can say what you want to say, that doesn't make me a racist. I don't want my children looking at other people based on the color of their skin. I want them to evaluate others on the basis of the content of their character. And don't tell me that I'm a racist. And then some commentator plays their comment and say, yeah, but you really are a racist. And you know what, praise God for them who say, call me what you want to call me, I don't care. I'm, my job is to protect my children. And you're not gonna tell my children and teach my children anything you want. And I said all that to lay out for you the things that are happening and we got cowards in our culture and in the Christian community who won't say a word. Because they don't want to offend anybody. How about the children being offended by this mess? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And we're supposed we pastors have a prophetic mantle on us. We're supposed to speak truth. Amen. No matter what, how it cuts, the Bible says the word of God is, is, is living and powerful and sharper. That means it cuts than any two-edged sword, cutting to the dividing of soul and spirit of joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts in the, of, and intents of the heart. And there's nothing hidden from its sight. Glory to God. Don't tell me as a parent, you can't get you can't get your child out of public school. Yes, you can. You just have to make that a priority in your life if you don't want them eaten up by this mess. Amen. If you don't want, if, if, if you're not going to be a coward in raising your child the way God wants you to. hmm amen, amen. And so I said all that to say, look, we're honoring heroes today. We're honoring heroes today who've given their lives for the right that we have to stand up for ourselves, our families, our children, and we dishonor them. To be to be weak, kneed milk toast, half baked Christians who won't even stand up for our religious liberty. Don't even bother to celebrate Memorial Day. There are probably some churches who won't even talk about Memorial Day. You know what? Good, because you don't even deserve to put the mouths, put the put the names of such people on your lips, because these are these are heroes that we're talking about today. People like Colin Kaepernick who won't stand up for our flag and that, and, and people want to make him into some kind of hero while he goes and signs up with tens of millions of dollars from Nike and tens of millions of dollars from Netflix and, and makes all kinds of money in the country that he denigrates. And we're supposed to look at him as a hero. Where was he? What's the sacrifice? Well, he didn't get to play. He didn't get to play a quarterback uh, for any football team. Well, that's cause he couldn't play. Period. But of course, oh no, oh no, 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 it had nothing to do with that. Let me tell you something. If football was willing to go along with you kneeling for the flag and alienating all of its fans, or many of its fans, don't you know that if Colin Kaepernick could play football, if he could, if he was still a good quarterback, somebody would have snatched him up and said, I don't care. I mean, because the, the, as far as I'm concerned, the professional sports have become so corrupt anyway that I've just stopped watching, I I, I just don't wanna hear it. I don't wanna hear it. I mean, you know, somebody somebody needs to tell them bouncing a ball and throwing a pigskin doesn't make you Einstein. (laughs) And doesn't give you any great wisdom for which direction our country ought to go in. You got a right to say what you wanna say and think what you wanna say, but think what you want to think. But if you're going to spend my time, while I'm trying to entertain myself with something that I find relaxing. And you're going to insult me by refusing to stand up for the flag of our country. Go somewhere else. You're not going to get my time. Amen. And I'm going to get my money either. I'm not paying one hundred dollars for a ticket to go see somebody insult me. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The, so look, but here again, Colin Kaepernick. Wealthy beyond anything he probably ever imagined. And yet, in my view, he stands as a pygmy beside somebody like Javon Jordan, Sergeant Javon Jordan. Sergeant Javon Jordan is the nephew of Sister Felita Jordan. I preached Javon Jordan's funeral. He was a sergeant in the United States Army. He's a hero because that young man was in the 3rd Battalion, 7th Infantry, Infantry, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 3rd Infantry Division based at Fort Stewart, Georgia, and was killed in combat by an EID in Iraq on his second deployment, which he volunteered for. He had already done one deployment, and he volunteered. In fact, he was in the reserves and hadn't been called up and volunteered to go back. And told his mother, he said, I think, I think I'm equipped to do this. And and, uh, and others I know or not are not. Now you won't you won't hear any headlines about him. A tanker, an armored crew member, an expert on the M1 tank. Graduated from Salem High School, right here in Virginia Beach, attended Tidewater Community College, spent two years studying political science, left behind his wife, Michelle, daughter Michelle Gervonta, a son, Tony. Stepsons, uh, Corey and Sakeez Baker, and he was buried in one of our veteran cemeteries right here in our local area. His aunt, Karen Ellis of Portsmouth said that he, he fought, quote, because he thought it was his duty. His duty. This is what he wrote on MySpace. I'm making it my life No, he said, I'm about making it in life. I'm a proud parent. I have big dreams for me and my kids. I hustle to get what I need. I'm a firm believer in working for yourself and not anybody else. The American dream is alive and well and I plan on living it by any means. This young man loved his country. He was excited about his future. And look, he wasn't a selfish coward. He was a courageous young man. I'm told that his mother complained when he told her he was volunteering to go back, and that while she was in the kitchen talking to him, saying, "I don't see why," she could hear his footsteps coming toward her. And when she turned around and looked at him, he looked at her just straight in the face, and said, "Mother, I'm not afraid to give my life for my country." that's that's the hero not not the Colin Kaepernick's of the world who think they're being cute by refusing to stand up for the flag but the Javon Jordans of the world who not only stand up for it but have fought under it that's what we're honoring today amen 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 now of course he was an ex- a member of our extended church family and I pre I had the honor of preaching his funeral uh, I think that was in in a, uh, a funeral home in Norfolk but uh, uh, Patrick Daniel Tillman Jr. was already in the National Football League, and he made news because he did the unspeakable. From their point of view, he quit football to go fight for his country. Now that now that's a hero. Joined the Army Rangers, served several tours in 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 Iraq and in combat killed in the mountains of Afghanistan, ultimately, sadly, by friendly fire. But that's the kind of thing that can happen when you get involved in a war, what they call the fog of war. All kinds of crazy things happen. But he was awarded the Silver Star. And here's what the president, I believe then President Bush said about him. His audacious leadership and courageous example under fire inspired his men to fight at great risk to their own personal safety, resulting in the enemy's withdrawal and his platoon's safe passage from the ambush kill zone. In making the ultimate sacrifice for his team and platoon, Corporal Patrick D. Tillman reflected great credit upon himself, the Joint Task Force, and the United States Army. That young man went from the promise of wealth as a National Football League player to dying as a corporal in the United States Army. That's a hero. That's someone that we ought to be looking up to. That's who we ought to be talking about to our children instead of talking about the idiots like Colin Kaepernick. Glory to God. And, And look, I just named two. There are thousands of them, thousands of them fought under the banner of that flag, fought for our country. And when we honor the flag, by the way, we're honoring them. See, that's what, what, what upsets me about people denigrating the flag and won't stand up for the flag. It's not just the cloth. It's not just the red, white, and blue. It's what it represents. It's a symbol of unity for our country, and it's a symbol of all of those who fought and bled and been wounded and died fighting under it. So when you dishonor that flag, you dishonor them, as far as I'm concerned. Amen? Amen. Amen. And Memorial Day is a time for remembering them. It's a time for honoring that flag because of what it represents. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said in John 15, 13, our main text, greater love has no one than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Now, look, saints. I really believe that there is a special dispensation that God has. For people who are prepared to do that and for those who ultimately do it. I really do, I I really do, because I I believe that that statement that Jesus made here is, is a statement of special grace. Not everyone is called upon to do that, and some people who might be called upon to do it run the other way. Now, people can say what they want to say. I was in the Marine Corps during the Vietnam War. I will say until I breathe my last breath, that the Vietnam War was an honorable effort to beat back the scourge of communism and politicians got in the way of us actually winning that war because we wouldn't go into North Vietnam and deal with Ho Chi Minh. But we've got people right now who glory in having run away. They ran to Canada while others volunteered and went and fought and some died. Now, look, I I forgive them and I I want you all to understand something. I I know these are strong words like cowardice, but we don't hate these folks. You know, we hate the ideas behind them. Please understand the distinction. Jesus doesn't give us authority to hate people, but you've got to hate the ideas behind people, you know, believe it or not. On a very real level we didn't have to personally hate Adolf Hitler. He was the representative of some very ugly ideas but the ideas were the problem because if he had been a person with those ideas off in the corner somewhere thinking crazy thoughts nobody would have paid attention but because he ended up the leader of one of the most powerful nations on earth then Germany He became a danger to the freedom of the entire world. And in order to destroy the ideas he represented, we had to try to destroy him. But it was really the ideas that were the problem. Are you all hearing me? So we don't don't hate these people with these bad ideas. We hate the ideas. And we pray for them that they will have a change of heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. But look, that biblical principle, greater love has no one than this, is enshrined in our culture. And I think that's why we produce people. Do you know that when, when the Russians were fighting Hitler and, and, and uh, uh, Stalin wanted a lot of credit for defeating Hitler? But, you know, when they were fighting Hitler and, and they were r- running low on ammunition and the, and the Germans seemed to be taking uh, uh, over, do you know how they inspired the Russian troops to fight on You ready for this? They said, if you don't, we'll shoot you. That's how they inspired them. Our people have never had to be inspired that way because they believe in the righteousness of our cause. And and in Vietnam, I'm not sure how many understood this completely because a lot of people were mistaken. They tried to racialize that war, tried to make it about, but but here again, this 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 is the kind of intellectual emptiness in the heads of so many of our people. We were fighting with the South Vietnamese. How could it have been a war against Vietnamese people? Yeah. Hey, but, they, you know, but here again, you know, that, that's the stupidity of, that we get in these colleges and universities today. We were fighting against communism. And communism has proven itself to be one of the most vicious, bloodthirsty, murderous ideologies that the world has ever seen. All in the name of creating utopia, oh, we're gonna make the world such a good place. But you're in the way, so in order to do that, we have to kill you. And but you're you're not important, because we got this grand vision. How different is that than the Judeo-Christian principle? No, every person matters. Do you realize our judicial system, in spite of all the attacks on it, our judicial system operates on the principle that we would rather allow a guilty person go free than to lock up someone who is innocent. Because we value the individual. But that ideology doesn't value the individual. People are just a blob, they're just a mass. They don't matter. But that's why every one of those young men whose body lies in a grave somewhere in our country and around the world who gave their lives for us, they matter, I've just just given you two examples. But they matter to us as individuals. They're not just a blob and these totalitarian systems, that's all they are. That's why in the United States of America, you know, when Hitler built his army, when he took over, one of the things he did was he gathered the entire military together and he made them all take an oath to Adolf Hitler. Not to Germany, but to Adolf Hitler, to der Fuhrer. Our military people don't take an oath to a leader. They don't take an oath to the president. They take an oath to the Constitution of the United States. Now, as part of that oath, they do agree to obey the officers that have command over them and the president who is the commander in chief. But the the fact that they swear the oath to the Constitution of the United States means that they are not duty bound to even obey the order of the president if it violates the Constitution of the United States. In other words, we take an oath to something higher than an an individual authority, amen? amen amen glory to god that's why and 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 think about this think about the nature of our country this is the only time in human history this happened and it happened with the united states of america we were attacked at pearl harbor by imperial japan of course in league with adolf hitler we at that point jumped into the war and it took us another Two or three years to finally beat them back. Of course, we dropped bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which people still criticize us for, but we would have lost probably who knows how many millions fighting in hand-to-hand combat, and street combat in Japan and other parts of the world. Um, Horrible to have to do that, but here again, I think that Truman did what he had to do at that moment. He did what he had to do. I don't think he enjoyed it, I don't think anybody reveled in it, I think he did what he had to do. But but here's the thing to understand. We devastated Japan, and we devastated Germany, and we devastated Italy, and then after the war was won, and the Axis powers surrendered, we then went in and rebuilt their countries. We did. American taxpayers did. Soviet Union didn't have any money. Where was the money gonna come from? It came from the United States of America we not only rebuilt their countries, but we did the unprecedented. We rebuilt their countries and said, okay, you all set now? Okay, thanks, see ya. And then walked away. You know what other countries have done? They subjugated the people who they conquered. And particularly since we didn't start this war, we were attacked in the war. And yet we forgave the people. We lost 300,000 of our brave men in that war. 300,000, and then after it was over, We turned around and and helped rebuild these countries and then walked away and said, you know, we'd love to have you all as allies. We don't control Japan. We don't control Germany. We don't control Italy. No other country's done anything like that. And you got people running around telling us how bad America is. We're imperialist and all of that. I mean, this nonsense. Glory to God. Glory to God. So saints, we're unlike any other nation that's ever existed on the face of the earth. And we have a higher law that we ultimately answer to, and that is the law of God. That's the Judeo-Christian principles upon which our country was founded. Amen? Now, I don't like saying this, but it's got to be said. The greatest threat we face to the future of our country today is not enemies from without. It's enemies from within. So, well, Bishop, how can you say that in the face of communist China? Because if we're united from within, there's nothing communist China or anybody else can do with us. But if we're divided from within, and you've got people, do you all remember this, that when President Trump Stop travel from China because we, we are now, now, now we're gonna investigate. Oh, there may, yes, there may be. But when when the issue first arose, and some of us were saying, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're gonna tell me you've got a, a bio, potential potential bio uh, 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 biological weapon laboratory, where you're doing gain of function research, which means you take viruses and you make them more lethal, you make them more contagious. And, and, and somehow, in spite of that, the, the, the COVID-19 virus didn't come from there. It came from about 300 yards away at a wet market. Well, if I believe that, sell me the Brooklyn Bridge, too. You just might as well go keep, keep going. I mean, we, see, here again, the American people with common sense knew that. That, that was fishy. That didn't even make sense. Now the politicians are finally catching up. But when we first raised that and when when President Trump stopped flights coming in from China, because whether China intentionally unleashed this thing on the world or that is created it with the intention of unleashing it on the world. This we know as a matter of fact that once the virus had escaped the lab, they allowed people to fly around the world from Wuhan, but they wouldn't let them fly to other parts of China. Now, there's only one reason for that. We don't care if the rest of the world gets it. We just don't want the Chinese to get it. So whether they, in, they created it intentionally or not, it's clear they unleashed it on the world intentionally. And when these issues were raised, oh, you're a racist, you're a xenophobic. I mean, you know, you just want to. How can you be that dumb? because we're not talking about the Chinese people. We're talking about the communist Chinese regime. They're the ones who are doing this stuff. And they're doing as great a disservice to their own people as they are to us. If you are a, a citizen of China, you are a slave. Now, I don't care how free you might feel. Try disagreeing with them and you'll find out.